Hey, I am Scott. Uh, hey, how are you guys doing? I uh, I want to know a little bit about you because they always say that if you're going to speak to your audience, you need to know your audience. And so, what I want to know about you is who are you and where are you from? And I don't mean my name's Bob and I'm from Riceville. I mean, who are you and what's your tradition, your your faith, your your belief, and, and what brought you there? So does somebody want to take a moment and share that with me real quick? No? That's fine. It's okay. Angela. So those that didn't hear it, Angela says she was raised Christian. She's now exploring other avenues and truths. Anybody else want to share with where you're at in that journey? It's about same. Same? Yeah. Same? I was raised uh, Southern Baptist. I was trained Southern Baptist. I have a degree from the Southern Baptist College. I pastored two Southern Baptist churches and started a Southern Baptist church. I have a similar tradition. Um, my journey away from it was a result of a very horrible thing that was going on in my life that had nothing to do with church but I got away from it um, I've since found a new refreshing type thing in my life and so and I'm always hesitant when I talk about God or I talk about the Bible because I don't know your definition of God or your definition of the Bible. Somebody asked me one time, are you a Christian? And I'm like, what do you mean by Christian? <laughs> How do you define that? Uh, so I'm always careful. So you'll hear me use terms that may not be the same thing that you grew up with. But what I want to walk you through today is um, what I talk about when I talk about God and what I talk about when I talk about the Bible I love the theme of this gathering building bridges because building a bridge means that you're over there and I'm over here and the obstacle is the way right this cavern between us that's the obstacle but yet it's the way so we build this bridge to cross it and it's that thing that's in the middle that unites us so we're going to come back to that thing that's in the middle that unites us, or that should unite us. I am very thankful to be invited here, because if I was going to get back into doing this thing that I do, this life work that I have, no one would have imagined that it would have been here, right? It would have been at a church, it would have been at a conference, it would have been, but it wouldn't have been here. And so the fact that Angela and I have built the relationship that we have that we can love each other and have I don't want to say differing views uh, I would say complimenting views on some things that from the outside you would say well they differ why do they get along but it's because we complement we found things in the middle that we totally agree upon um, so I'm going to talk to you about my journey and what it is in scripture that I've found. Um, the Bible. 
right? This, this, this book that separates and unites so many people, this book that is so controversial, what is it about? It's a, it's a gathering of poems and writings and literature. It's a gathering of blood and fire, of death, of rape, of mayhem. It's a gathering of inspiration and hope. It's one of those things that we turn to in death. It's one of those things that we turn to to argue about when it comes to science. It's this gathering of words that's been gone on and passed on in these ancient texts. And I love it. I love it. Other people are offended by it. I get that. I would be too if I've been beat up with it my entire life. And that's okay. But I found a new freshness in it. And I found that in diving deeper into the architects of faith, specifically in Judaism. And I want to share with you a couple of things. They have what they call the Torah. It's the first five books of Scripture. Actually, if you go over here, uh, this workshop that's taking place right now, the guy's wearing... The Hamas, it's a, it's a hand symbol. You'll find that in Hindu, you'll find that in Islam, you'll find that in Judea, Judaism. It represents, the, in Judaism, it represents the first five books of the Torah. It's the hand of God. It's that hand that teaches, that hand that lifts up, that hand that brings discipline, that hand that leads. And that's what they're talking about. So what's the first five books of the Bible? You got Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Yes. And. <laughs> no, not and. There's so much more meaning in it. In Genesis, it's the, they, they see it as the journey of the soul. Right? The five journeys of the soul. One, you've got the beginnings. It's that newness of life. And you, you'll find this also, that they also see it, that it's not linear. It's cyclical. There's seasons. Yeah, you were newly born, but you started a new job. You're in a new relationship. You're in a new phase of life. And in that new phase, as you see in Genesis, what we're taught is there's betrayal, there's, there's love, there's laughter, there's creation, there's death. You learn all that in that new phase. And then you come to Exodus. You and I call it Exodus. The Hebrew name is Shemot. Shemot means names. It's where you come into who you are. So in the Exodus, you see that the children of Israel are brought out of Egypt. And they go into this journey where they start learning who they are. They start learning their name, who their divine essence is. Did you know that they also teach that when you die, the first thing you're asked, you have perfect memory of your entire life, but the first thing you're asked when you die is, what is your name? And they say the one question you struggle with is learning, is remembering what your name is. Who is your divine essence? Your hope purpose of being here on life is learning your name I, I thought of that when I signed in and they asked what's your magical name what's your divine essence who are you truly meant to be a lady asked me the other day she comes up to me at work and she says so when I die will I get to see my mom and will I know who she is so I told her this tradition that we're learning who our name is. And I said, not only are you going to get to see your mom, you're going to get to see your mom for who she divinely is. That true essence that is within her. That's what you're going to get to see. And that's what we find taking place in the children of Israel. Why did it take them 40 years to do a day and a half walk? Right? It literally says right there, the promised land is a day's walk away from us, yet it took us 40 years years to get there 
I don't know about you. I'm I'm in the latter part of my 40 years, and this has been the best and the worst years of my life. And somebody would say, "Well, that's a contradiction." No, that's a paradox. I've found freedom. I've found that certain shit just doesn't matter anymore. And I found what other things I do want to focus on and what does matter. So I've been living through my exodus. I've been learning who I am. And then you got that book that everybody hates. Leviticus, right? It's the one that everybody beats everybody up over. We hate that book. It's a book of rules. It's a book that tells me what I can wear, what I can't wear, what I can't eat, what I can't eat. It tells tells me how I'm supposed to be clean in certain ways. It tells me who I can have sex with and who I can't have sex with. Like, don't have sex with your mom. It's a good rule. (laughs) It's got rules like that. It's also a book that's been used to beat people up. Well, if I was a rabbi or a priest or a Kohen or something like that, one of the things I would tell you is that book was never written for you. The book of Leviticus was solely written for the Jewish people and how they're to live while they're being a soldier and a traveler through this wilderness, on how they're to set up their community when they get to the promised land, on how living these certain rules and lives is going to help them be a light into the world and draw people to this kindness and this way of life that they were destined and at times failed to be. It's becoming into your calling, learning to live by the rituals and the things in which you're supposed to live by. And we all have those, right? You do things that you know, I need to do this daily because I know the blessings if I do them. And if I don't do these things, I know the chaos that it brings into my life. And that's what the book of Leviticus is about. We're going to come back to that in a second. Numbers. Numbers is literally translated wandering in the wilderness. You get that, right? You're born, you learn who you are, you start your rituals and you start your daily life. You learn how to live in a life that brings peace and harmony and happiness to you. And then, boom, somebody dies. You lose a job. You have chaos. You find out you got cancer. You have this existential crisis in your life when all of a sudden, I'm wandering. I'm lost. I'm in this wilderness. And that's what Numbers is telling us about. It's about that wandering in the wilderness. And then we come to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is translated revelatory words. And you and I would look at that as the, well, let me put it this way. My grandfather, my papa used to tell me, pay attention to the old men, son. They know what they're doing. It's that wisdom that you've learned through living life. I mean, take it from a new job. You start a new job, right? You're new at it. You make some mistakes. Finally, you start coming into who you are in that job. Finally, you start learning, okay, we do these things a certain way. We have processes. These processes are in place a certain way. Finally, we have a couple of crises. A a machine breaks. It breaks down. We figure out how to fix it up. We're in that wandering in the wilderness. And then a new guy comes in, and you're the expert. And you're able to pass on that wisdom. That's what Deuteronomy is. Deuteronomy is those great speeches from Moses when he's passing on the wisdom in which he's learned through living these five things in his life. Um, These are called the Torah. And the Torah is meant to be learning. It's about how we learn to be who we are in this journey of our soul. I know a lot of times it's looked at horribly, it's taught horribly, but 
the one thing that I was taught a few years ago is that when I'm reading scripture, it's not a spotlight that I'm to cast onto other people. It's a mirror in which I look into my soul. So when I read about Abraham, what do I see me in there? How do I see me? When I read about Miriam, or when I read about Moses, how do I see me? When I read about Lot and the things that he did, where am I in this story? Because my story is their story. Their story is my story. This is my journey through life. So we got the new season. We've got the process of maturity. <clears throat> We've got learning those routines and rituals. We've got what it means like when life sucks and we're in the wilderness. And then we've got Deuteronomy where there's sickness and there's chaos. Uh, not Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy where there's those revelatory words. And I want to focus on that for a moment because Angela talks about spells. And I talk about words. Some people talk about blessings and cursings. And I was asking the other day, how did creation begin? If we go with the great Genesis poem, it began with words. Ex nihilo. Ex nihilo. Which means something from nothing. Right. Which is actually the definition of a spell. Right. Because words have power. Absolutely. The fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet has three lines. Five being important in Hebrew numerology. The top line is thought. The downward line that's connected to it is speaking. So you have thought, you have speaking. The other line that's over to the left of it is separated, it goes straight down, represents action. It's where the thought becomes a word, and that word becomes action. That word becomes flesh. It's when you learn to speak these things, and your words have power. Your words can bring healing. Did you know that I was listening to a podcast the other day, and there, there's this guy, he's a scientist, he's a medical professional, and he spends his time, much of his time, training paramedics on what not to say and what to say when they get to an emergency scene. He said, even though they're unconscious, your words have power. You pick somebody up, the last thing you want to say is, I don't think this one's going to make it. He said, you want to, because your words have power. There's something in that soul. There's something in that hearing that your words speak into them. And he says, so he tells them, hey, buddy, you got this. Hang with me. You're going to be okay. Do that. And he said, the survival rate of the people who's been trained to do that is much higher. Because they've been tracking that. Your words speak. The Hebrew word for that is uh, davarim. And our words have meaning, and with them we can create or destroy. Right? You can create or destroy. Think about a child. Think about a spouse. The things you say become flesh. They have meaning. So we need to think about that and how we interact with the stranger and the sojourner in our lives. Now, one of the things that separates me from some of my uh, Christian contemporaries is that I actually believe that each one of us, every one of us, are beloved children of the divine. I believe that God is within you. God lives within you. His soul resides within you. And I don't 
I often have a problem with someone when they uh, they pray. They're, they're like, oh, God, give me peace. Everything you need, God's already put within you. The divine is there. The soul of souls. The great divine mystery is there. Everything you need. And we're all a part of that. We're just on this journey together. The verse that I focused on today is found in Leviticus, right? That book that everybody hates. But the, that one book, which ironically is in the middle of the five books. Often we say the most important thing is in the middle, right? The bridge is in the middle. This book that we all hate, this book of death and destruction of rules and regulations is in the middle of our soul's journey. It's the ritual. It's the learning that we do. But what's there? Well, let's go to the middle of the middle. You know what the middle of the middle of the book of Leviticus is? It's that one commandment that says that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Man, wait a minute. The most important verse, the one that's in the middle of the middle, that's the bridge? Loving my neighbor as myself? Yeah. It's that simple. And then you go into Leviticus 19, it says this, love the stranger and the sojourner among you. That's what I love about being here today because I am a stranger. I am a sojourner. I have no idea what some of this stuff is. Uh, I have no idea what, what you do with moon water. I don't know. I have no idea, but yet you've invited me here to share my soul's journey. And the question I often get when people from my world, from my land, find out I'm doing things like this, is they want me to convert. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the journey. The journey is to love them. But they say this and they believe that, you should confront them. No, that's not my soul's journey. My soul's journey is to love them as I would want to be loved. My soul's journey is to care for them as I want to be cared for. My soul's journey is to bridge that gap because guess what? I once was in the Exodus. That's what the verse even says. Love the stranger, the sojourner, because remember, you once were a stranger and the sojourner in the land of Egypt. You were once there. How wonderful would it be when we're on Facebook or social media and somebody posts something that we don't agree with, if we just sat back for a moment and said, okay, I was once there. I, I get that. And instead of arguing, instead of telling them how horrible they are, instead of shooting back because we, we like to shoot back don't we somebody shoots an arrow at you i'm gonna shoot a gun back at them we like doing that we like putting people in their place but what if we took the wisdom from the middle of the middle that one verse there in the book of leviticus that we all hate that says love the stranger and the sojourner that's in the land with you and we just step back for a moment and said okay i've been wandering in that wilderness I'm going to use the wisdom I learned from that, and I'm going to love them. Okay, I get it. They're just starting out in this journey. They don't understand everything. I'm just going to be patient and let them go through their shemot. Let them experience what it means to learn who they are and what their name is. And I'm going to walk with them. Instead of shooting back and arguing, if we love the stranger and the sojourner, as we love ourselves, which is important.
it's easy when you have somebody I mean think about this you're you're the Israelite nation you're wandering through this wilderness you're going through other people's lands people's joining you on this journey you had different different people groups that join them those are sojourners a sojourner is somebody who isn't native born but they reside with you right and a stranger is somebody who hey they're not staying here we just met them and the scripture teaches them don't take advantage of them you know they want to sell you a cattle give them a fair price for cattle don't take advantage of them uh, treat them as you would someone native born among you how much different would your world in my world in our world be if we did that and we said, hey, they're just on a different soul. Their soul's on a journey like mine. And they're in a different place. We do that at work. Somebody starts. I mean, you've been doing this job for a while. And somebody starts and they make a mistake. And you're like, hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay. I got plenty of money. We'll just redo it. We can be patient with people at work. Why can't we be patient with people on social media or in our life? Uh, now with that, I will put this caveat. Fences are a good thing. Boundaries are good. Uh, I had this conversation the other day. There's some of my family that very close to me. I can think about that much. Uh, we were going someplace. We're supposed to ride together. And I'm like, yeah, I'll drive. I can think about that much. Boundaries are good, right? Because I'm loving them as I want to be loved. I wouldn't want me to be in that position. I don't want to put him in that position. So let's just have this boundary. We'll go here, we'll interact, we'll be together, peaceful, and we'll leave. So boundaries are good. It doesn't mean I have to come up and hug everybody and spend all this time with you if I don't, you know, if I don't agree with you. But it does mean that part of the healing for my soul is to love the stranger. I love this beautiful idea. Because in the last part of the verse, he says, in the last part of the verse. It says, love the strangers as you would love yourself. For you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. I am Adonai, your God. One, the term I am is huge throughout scripture. Adonai is another name for God. It's one of the 72 names for God that means majesty. I am majesty, your God. In learning to love the stranger... I discover the majesty of my God. That's the teaching there. If I want to grow closer to my God, I need to learn to love that stranger in the sojourn. I need to learn to treat them as I would want to be treated. So that's basically my talk. Can I? Can and I, you can ask all the questions you want. Can I? Can I retort? You can come on up. Okay, I'm retorting. It's I'm a retort. To, I'm going to retort. Now I love this. Wait, wait, wait. I love you, stranger. Stranger. So Scott and I have this wonderful relationship where we really come at the same thing, but we call it different things. And this is one of the many occasions where he's talking about the same thing that we all talk about. Yes. Because in the pagan community, what we have is something called the dark night of the soul. And what happens with that is as you start your journey into darkness, 
you have this moment where you doubt everything that you've ever learned, including yourself, and it becomes extremely painful. And when students come to me and they, they're going through this dark night of the soul, one of the differences I think that we can see here is when they come to me, I'm like, you've arrived. Yes. That means that you're actually doing the work. Yes. Okay. Now, beyond that, it's a whole bunch of sucks to be you. Because <laughs> while you're in that darkness, just like with the Israelites in that 40 years of wandering around, you have to find your way out. Yes. Some people do. Some people don't. And, and I get that. And, and you know, and even in Christianity or any religion for that matter, I think that some people never find themselves um, in the light. Right. And these are what we call pew sitters. These are people that just kind of tag along because they think they have to. But you can actually tell the difference between somebody that's made it through the dark night of the soul and came out on the other side because their energy's changed and there's a lightness about them. Um, something else that I find very interesting and, and you're talking about love the stranger um, whenever you get a group of pagans together and um, we know no strangers and it's always hugging and we say I love you brother I love you sister because we are all one in the divine and I think that's a huge thing to say as well so while there may be different labels while there may be different um information that you stem your beliefs from the thing of it is folks the divine is the divine and the story of man is the same no matter what label you put on it now i know with with scott he is stepping his toe into the waters of the feminine divine and yes. i'm encouraging that wholeheartedly because there's there's a a completeness there that I think Christianity misses but it was there once and it was taken out we have Azeroth which was Yahweh's wife and consort that was written out she's still there she's the Queen of Heaven but she's still there but we need to go back to a unified balanced way of looking at things and I think situations like this bridge those gaps and fill in the blanks. One other big difference between Scott and I, and I've not told him this. Wait, I've not found a difference yet. This will be a difference. <laughs> okay. Because you're surrounded by pagans, and everybody here is going to laugh. Okay. Pagan, pagans do not testify. Okay. We do not say that, oh, listen, I had such blessings, and this was wonderful. When we get together and congregate like this, it will be inevitable that you will have this conversation. Deity got a hold of me and would not let me go. And it was the roughest time of my life and I had to do all these things and Deity just kicked my butt until I did it. We focus more on the struggle to get there yes. as opposed to the blessings. Sometimes that's a little irritating, but I have to say that the way we see deity, deity is a verb, not a noun, and it wants us to do a lot of things that we're very uncomfortable about, but it makes us get outside of our comfort zone and do it anyway. 
Um, the issues come is when you don't do it and you put it off. And I'm sure that, just like with the minister, I'm sure that there have been um, messages that God gave you in your heart to give that you were like, oh, Lord, please don't make me do this. But it's all a part of it. So it cracks me up that Christians will testify and will whine, but it, we're all talking about the same thing. So with that, I'll turn that over to you. I still didn't see a difference. Between oh, okay. you and I. Oh, okay. So. Ministers dig wine secretly behind closed doors. Everybody has that journey. So you call it a dark night of the soul. I call it the wilderness. Uh -huh. It's the same thing. Uh, a friend of mine was talking the other day. She's She's been struggling with a lot. And she said, I'm in a struggle. God is kicking my ass. Uh, so well, maybe you need your ass kicked. Divine never gives you anything that you don't need. Yes. You, I even told you about that. Yes. I fixed your problem for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't know I had a problem. I wasn't aware I had a problem. No, no. Your friend's problem. Oh, oh yeah. And I was just like, did she come back? And she said, you know, I actually needed that. And um, Oh, you talked to her after that? Oh, I didn't talk to her about that. Oh. I didn't talk to her about that. That's that's not my not my realm. Um, she said you were very helpful. Very there you go. We a mutual friend that we've been working with. Um, but I agree with the dark night of the soul. Uh, there's a story where Jacob uh, wrestles with God, and you remember that story? He sleeps in a rock. He's got that ladder, Jacob's ladder. You've heard about that? It was a great movie, I think, out of the '80s. Most great movies come from the 80s. Absolutely. Uh, and so uh, he wrestles with God and he walks away with the name Israel, which means he's who wrestles with God. And a lady at work the other day was talking about something. She said, well, I just can't question God. I said, well, who said? Who said? Why can't I go and question the divine? Why can't I wrestle with the divine? The, 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 the name of the people who he calls his chosen is he who wrestles with, and you don't think they've not wrestled? I mean, the, the the people who went through the Holocaust, you don't think they wrestled with that? Sure. They they had to have wrestled with that, and and I get those who come out of that and said, I don't want nothing to do with this. I get it. We also can tell God no. Yeah. And walk away. And you know what? You're still a child. I'm somebody's child, I can promise you that, I'm, I'm, uh, for sure. Again, uh, the way we explain deity is uh, the diamond. God, the divine, is the diamond, and each one of us looks into that diamond through a facet that only we can see, so we can connect into the divine. So, we are all brothers and sisters of right. the divine. And I wish more people understood that. But sadly, that's not the case. I agree. I agree. The, so we'll use the word divine. divine. We'll use the word divine. Because you and I seem to click on that word. I like that word. I like that word. I like the word soul of souls. I, I did a funeral here recently in uh, Washington. Flew up to Washington to do a funeral. It was a young man who had passed away. He grew up in my home. He dated my daughter. Um, he and I, we had a Kool-Aid house. You know, it's a house all the kids hang out. 
he was one of those kids there. He passed away. They never went to church. They didn't have a faith tradition. His mom called, will you come do the funeral? Yes. So I fly up. And I'm sitting at Sherry's. It's it's kind of like, uh, it's, a, it's a restaurant. Uh, you know what Denny's? You know what Sherry's? It's the same thing, different name. We're sitting there, and she says, with tears in her eyes, is my son at peace? And I said, uh, that's not your question. What's your real question? Because I wanted to say it out loud. She says, is my son in heaven? Now, if you come from the tradition that I was born and raised in, if you didn't say a certain set of words, take a certain set of actions, get baptized in a certain water by a certain person, then the answer to that question is what, Angela? No. No. And that's the tradition I come in. I don't believe that anymore. I believe we are all part of the soul of souls. We are all children of God. So I looked at her and I said, Today, he is in the presence of the soul of souls. One thing I'd like to add to that. Each one of us, our soul, is a piece of the divine spark. A piece of the divine itself. Yes. And so... To say that someone is going to hell or someone is going to punishment means that the divine is going to be punishing itself. And I really don't see that happening. And you have to remember, um, man is fallible. We, We make mistakes. And while I know that's going to really irk some people, but the Bible has been rewritten and misinterpreted from the original Greek and Hebrew so many times that I really feel like some of these original um, thoughts and feelings perhaps have been negated in what we see today because, again, I can't explain this any simpler. I can't imagine a minister of any religion saying that the divine itself would break a piece of itself off and send it into torment. I, I don't see that as an option at all. You want to go to the church with me tomorrow? I'll show you one. <laughs> I wish one does it. He wouldn't like me. He won't like me either. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. And uh, in Judaism, no, the, this is what got me going down this path. Southern Baptist traditions, and I don't want to negate or talk badly about them. They've done some beautiful, wonderful things throughout the world. Um, there's some very loving, very kind-hearted people in there that I just absolutely adore, and I. I would, I would miss them if they were not part of my life. They're a beautiful part of my life. But I, w- I just did it. Everything I said, Pat left with the butt, you're supposed to ignore, right? <laughs> uh, Christianity does teach about this heaven and hell. It does teach about, you know, you say a certain thing, do a certain thing, and you go to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. Judaism rarely talked about the afterlife. Rarely, ever, in the Old Testament, you see them talking about the afterlife. They're talking about living now that's because the ancient hebrews believed in reincarnation and they also had the duality of male and female deity and they also did sacrifices not unlike we do and i would add another caveat to this and i think this is where sometimes it gets cattywampus scott is pagans don't proselytize jews don't either Jews to me is more like you're born one or you can convert and 
in Christianity, um, we don't look at Christianity as more of a heritage. It's more of something that's done to you. Um, but I have to say, to me, if you don't proselytize, you have no stake in changing people other than good intentions. I think that sometimes people like to pad churches and they work really hard and they tell you what you want to hear up front, but then sometimes when you get behind the doors and they shut them and you start service, you're like, what the hell did I just get into? And you're sucked into something that perhaps out of conditioning you feel like you're stuck with. Well, you, you are, and that's not on. Um, you are. You're stuck with it. The um, Well, that sounded like it was on. Um, Judaism does not proselytize. Um, <clears throat> matter of fact, if I was wanting to go be a Jew, wanting to convert, they'd be like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. And then, then they would say, you know what, how about you live a year celebrating the festivals and try to live before we do this whole conversion thing. Um, <clears throat> but they are. Their whole goal, the whole way that the, the divine mystery set up this five books of the Torah was to teach them to be a light to the world so that when people would look at how they were to be living their lives and they failed miserably that's one of the things I love about scripture is if I was going to write a book to bring you and tell you about faith I wouldn't have put half that shit in there I wouldn't have put any of that shit in there but that's just me Right, but I'm not God, but he puts it in there, and we see these failures, we see these successes, we see these beautiful mysteries that are in there, and that's what I like about it. You know, I can say, oh, that's a contradiction. You know, I had this discussion today, it's a paradox. I'm a contradiction, or am I a paradox? Enigma. Enigma. I have to look that word up. Enigma. But you're right, they did have the, one of the things I've been learning about the divine, feminine divine, and, and this is a whole new thing, but whole another discussion is that the feminine divine is referred to in Hebrew as the Shekinah, and that is the she, and she was there at the creation, and she has been there all the way through, and it is she that invites, it is she that comforts, it is she that that's that's present while being absent. You know what it's like to be a mom. You're in the other room, and the kid's doing that. You're present. But you're just not there right now but you're still there you're still there to love you're still there to comfort you're still there to bring nourishment and that's what i see about that feminine divine you want to take questions if somebody's got a question nobody's got questions <laughs> i can promise nobody's got questions <laughs> promise promise all right thank you thank you it's been fun it's been way more funner than than you know because I, I want to show people how you and I can work together and we're on the same page we just use different ink we do um, I was talking to uh, someone who's quickly becoming a dear friend the other day and um, she said we're talking about the same thing we just use different words right yes and that friend that you and I share the one that you helped out I think helped out you, she said you helped her out you said you helped her out so I guess you helped her out she said, uh, because when I use the term soul of souls, or I use the term the divine mystery, or I use the term, those terms like that, she said, you've helped me redefine the faith that has been so corrupted for me. And um, 
And that's, I wasn't doing that for her. I was doing that for me. Because these terms, these definitions, these were, uh, one lady said, when you learn a second language, you get a second life. So when I learned to use new words, I got a new energy, a new life. I want again. I want to be there when Scott has his first experience with the divine feminine from a pagan standpoint because I know that my phone is going to bring with frantic conversations because when you invite the divine feminine into your life, she's going to manifest in, in, in many different ways and I'm waiting and with that, Scott I may have just cursed you with something um we're going to bring on some singers. Well, here's the difference. Uh -oh. You said divine feminine from the pagan standpoint. I, I just see divine feminine. We'll talk about that later when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Was that fun?